0: Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for choosing to be with us to worship God and to study His Word. I want to mention a few things to you before we get into our study tonight. We'll be looking in Matthew chapter 13. So if you want to go ahead and be turning your Bibles there to the book of Matthew chapter 13, we'll be there in just a few minutes. We had a meeting of some that were able to be here today, this afternoon at 5 for... A mission trip that we're looking at doing for our fifth grade and down and families. We're going to be, uh, it's been announced, Chattanooga, but some of that has changed for various reasons. Uh, now we're going to be going to Child Haven Children's Home in Coleman, Alabama, uh, July the 14th through the 16th. So if uh, if you have children or grandchildren in that age range and you'd be interested in being a part of this, please let me know so that we can make sure you're aware of the details uh, of that mission trip and be praying for that as well Uh, also those that will be away this week in Ohio continue to pray for them Uh, they're doing great Uh, begin that vacation Bible school tomorrow and be doing some service projects as well so be praying for that Also, don't forget, tomorrow at 11 a.m. over at the Old City Park, we'll be continuing our outreach feeding program. Uh, So that'll take place tomorrow and Wednesday. So if you can help with that uh, at 11 a.m. on Monday and Wednesday, we sure would appreciate that. All right, Brother Nikki, let's look at that next slide. Maybe you've seen this commercial. This credit karma commercial, where this girl shows off her tattoo of her uh, credit score, and her friend says to her, You know these change, don't you? And the girl looks at her and's like, What? Tattoos don't change. And our friend says, no, your credit score. And then they go on and talk about your credit score. And as I thought about that commercial, I thought about Matthew chapter 13. And instead of thinking about our credit score, I started asking myself the question, wonder what my spiritual score would be. And so tonight I want us to look at this parable of the sower in a different light than we normally look at it. We normally look at it as, well, that's talking about us going out and sowing the seed and, and how that falls among these hearts. And that is true. But tonight I want us to think about what, soul, what soil represents my heart. In Jesus' day, a parable was literally a statement or a story thrown alongside a spiritual meaning. Maybe you've heard the phrase, and we've used it before, an earthly story with a spiritual or a heavenly meaning. And so that's what parables were. And Jesus tells this this parable of this farmer, of this sower. And He throws alongside of it a spiritual meaning. And so I want us to think about, as we look at these different soils, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. And we'll look at each soil and what heart it represents, and then look over in verses 18 and following and see Jesus' explanation. And then ask ourselves the question, do I fit here? Do I fit there? What makes that soil that way? And if that's where I'm at, at, then hopefully we can figure out how to get from that point. Let's begin looking at the first soil. Verse Chapter 13, verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a great multitudes were gathered together to Him, so that He got into the boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then He spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, you can look up on the internet and you might find various uh, pictures of people sowing. But this picture right here is one that I kind of imagine how a sower or a farmer might be in that day and time. And they are just going out and they have the seed in this material and they're throwing it out among all the different types of soil. And I hope that as we look at some of these pictures and think about some of these soils, we can imagine in our mind how the soil must have been there in Jesus' day. So there's a sower. And Verse 4, And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. This is the wayside soil. Or some people might consider it the wayward or the hard heart. In Jesus' day, there were fields. And these fields were a bit different than our fields today. For they would have these paths along there that would be... Uh, It would be obvious it was a path. It would be trampled down. And why Why do you think it would be that way? Well, right, you're right. Because people would walk over that path over and over and over and over again. And so it would be beat down. I'm reminded, I think about uh, when I was at Freed Hardeman. When I was at Freed Hardeman, a lot of those buildings that are there now were not there. And so, those of us that were up on the upper end in Pharaoh Hall, there was a field, and we had a path from behind the Bible building all the way up to Pharaoh. Now it's walkways, but at that time it was just a path. And why was it a path? Because students, male students, no girls went on that side of the hill, by the way. So, us males, we would, we are guys, we would walk up that same path all the time, and it was worn out because we walk there over and over again. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And so Jesus reminds us there that we need to give salt, give flavor to those around us, to our life. If not, then we're no good other than be trampled underfoot by men. The result of seed being sown on this type of soil is that the birds then, Jesus says, would come in and eat the seed. Seed could not grow there. And look over in chapter 13 and verse 19. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. This is the heart who hears the word of God but doesn't understand it because of the hardness of his heart. I think of people like Pharaoh, and I know that's a a little different situation and there's some different details there, but he didn't want to hear about God and God's people. He didn't want to listen to Moses and Aaron because his heart was hard. And let's think about this, this heart, uh, why this heart might be so hard. Maybe it's been trampled on by different people over time. And it's become hardened. And it doesn't see the need to care anymore. Do you know people like that? Do you know people that's been run over so much that their heart is hard because of the way people have, treat, have treated them? Maybe it has been this heart has been trampled down by indifference. Just don't care anymore. We've gotten to the point where we just don't care. It could also be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin, the more we're involved in it, it can trample down our heart and make it hardened. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, the wicked one, that is the devil, comes in and snatches away what was sown in this heart. He fills the mind with hard-heartedness with many other thoughts and distracts them from the Word. Many times we might say today, well, I'm I'm just too busy. I just have so many things going on. And, and those people with that kind of heart, that kind of soil, they, they say those kind of things and they, uh, it's easily to be distracted. Satan does not want anyone to hear the Word and believe it. The Hebrew writer would say, Today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Gives us the idea that there's a choice, doesn't it? James would say this way to the heart, this to the hard-hearted. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So what kind of condition is your heart in today? Might it be in this wayside soil that is hardened? If so, let Jesus soften your heart today. Then notice the second soul that he talks about in verses 5 and 6. Some fell on Stony places where they did not have much earth and did not immediately spring up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Jesus would call this the rocky soil, or we might call it the shallow heart. Soil is found around many stones where Jesus would walk. Uh, It it might look like um, uh, rocks around and then there'll be a little bit of vegetation. The seed was sown or sown on this ground, Jesus said, sprang up immediately because it had no depth of earth. It was shallow. The seed could penetrate this soil. It had the appearance of good soil, but it lacked depth and moisture. Uh, we read about in Luke chapter 8 and verse 6. Therefore, when the sun came out, it scorched the plants and it withered their way. The rocky soul depicts the shallow minded, superficial heart. Jesus gives the explanation of this in chapter 20, or verse 20 and 21. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises, because of the Word, immediately he stumbles. This is the one who hears the Word immediately and receives it with joy. We rejoice at the salvation of another, but as quickly as one received the Word, tribulation or persecution comes, and they stumble or they fall away. You know people like that? Maybe you've known people like that that's been here in this church. There's still hope, you know. We can keep trying to sow the seed and water and encourage those individuals. The sun strengthens plants that are deeply rooted and the same sun will also wither those with shallow roots. You know, in a similar way, persecution, hard times can strengthen those who are deeply rooted, but those where the Word is shallow, it can push them away, can't it? One gentleman says this about this soil. One of the best ways to see how deeply rooted we are is to check how we react to persecution. The shallow Christian often looks as healthy as any other Christian until the follower of Jesus gets hard. Following Jesus gets hard. Until it becomes easier to disobey God rather than to obey Him. How are we allowing God's Word to penetrate our heart and grow today? Are we watering and cultivating that growth? You see, it takes a daily walk, a daily relationship with God to allow us and help us help the roots of our heart to grow deeper. And then look at the third soil that Jesus talks about in verse 7. He talks about the soil with the thorns. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them out. I want you to look at these pictures of these thorns. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be pricked or poked or stuck with thorns like this. But Jesus describes this type of soil. This is a soil that the seed falls on and then the thorns grow up with it as well. This soil looks good at first, but the thorns grow up with it. J.W. McGarvey says this, that in places in this area that Jesus is speaking about, They grow so thick that a man on horseback could not ride through them. That's the way some of these thorns would grow. When the seed grows, the thorns also grow and choke out the plants from the seeds that have been sown. Jesus gives His explanation of this in verse 22. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the Word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful this might be probably the biggest temptation for us because of the wealth that we have around us and so let us not be this type soil. Let us strive to not be this type of soil. Let us be aware of the cares of the world. Let us be aware of the deceitfulness and the passing of the riches of this world. Jesus says, This is the heart who hears the Word, but when the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the Word, he becomes not dead, but unfruitful. This is not hardened heart or this is the hardened heart or not the hard heart or the shallow heart. This is the person this person has lots of potential to become fruitful as a child of God. However, instead of Christ ruling on the throne of his heart, the cares of this world rule on the throne of his heart. This life does have pleasures. I'm reminded of Moses in the book of Hebrews. you remember? the Bible tells us that he chose to suffer affliction with God's people rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Soil can only hold so much vegetation. Likewise, the heart can only hold so much vegetation. Jesus would say in Matthew 6 and verse 24, You cannot serve God And mammon or wealth. Cannot do it, Jesus said. Are we letting insignificant things distract us? If we are, that's exactly what Satan wants. Satan wants us to believe that we're okay if we're in that condition. Remember how Jesus said to Martha in Luke chapter 10, you are worried and bothered about so many things. And Mary has that one thing, and and that's me, and she's here and she's spending time with me. Paul would say in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23, and whatever you do, do it heartily. Why? Because you're doing that to the Lord, not to men. Is it possible? I have to ask myself, is it possible that worldliness could be zapping our spiritual life? I have to ask myself the question, is my heart divided? If so, we need to let God have our heart today. And then notice the final soil that Jesus speaks about. In verse 8, He says, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the good soil that brings forth plentiful crops. It produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. This was good, rich soil. Have you ever gone down to to store and purchased that potting soil and laid it out and, and emptied it out and put it in a pot and, and you notice how dark and rich that soil is and when you look at that soil you know this soil is going to produce good fruit or maybe you've spent time tilling up the ground giving it fertilizer and you look at that, that rich dirt and you pick that up and you see that rich dirt you know this dirt is ready for growth, and to produce crops. Jesus then gives this explanation in verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the Word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. This is that honest, good heart. Jesus said, this is the heart that receives the Word and understands it. The heart that receives the Word and it takes root in His heart and it bears fruit as a result. The fruit that He bears can be tremendous. And it's not really about how much He bears. It's that He bears fruit. For some soil, He says, bears a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Each of us have different potential." to bear fruit and yield different amounts of fruit. We should all ask ourselves the question, do I have this honest and good heart? Am I eager to receive the Word of God? And do I have the desire to obey God in every way and therefore share that through my life with others, that that seed that is planted in my heart might take root and it might expand and germinate in my heart and expand to others. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 16, you will know them by their fruits. Also in John chapter 15 and verse 8, he says, my Father is glorified by this, not that you bear much fruit, or that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, Paul would say, That you may walk worthy of the Lord, living, uh, uh, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. One individual said, To bear fruit for the Lord means that the Word has the desired outcome in our lives, that people can see the practical results of the Word in how we live. Can people see the word result of God's Word in my life? You see, we bear fruit as our lives reflect the character of Jesus. We bear fruit as we treat people with greater kindness. We bear fruit as our love for spiritual things become apparent to our family and to those around us. We bear fruit as we share the Gospel through our daily lives. I mentioned, or uh, we've told, mentioned this to some people, and I don't know if you're aware or not. And I, I don't say this to, um, for people to feel sorry for us or anything like that. Uh, but I, I want to tell you something that relates. Uh, Nolan, all his life, had a chronic immune deficiency disease. And as a result... Three and a half years ago, he had a bone marrow transplant at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. And he goes back every six months. And when he goes back, there's a number that they look for. And it's called the chimerism number. And what chimerism is, and I looked this up on the National Institutes of Health, and this is their definition. It's the occurrence in an individual of two or more cell populations of different chromosomal, chromosomal constitutions derived from different individuals. In other words, when Nolan goes back and they're checking his chimerism, they're seeing how what's the number of his uh, donor cells are taking over and becoming his main immune system. In a similar way, we also need to regularly check if you will our spiritual chimerism number in other words how is the word of God and as I study that word and dig in that word and read that word and make that word a part of my life and as i allow continue to surrender to Jesus each and every day how is that taking over how is my spiritual maturity what does that number look like Well, we all know that that number should be more tomorrow than it is today. And it shouldn't be more today than it was yesterday as we continue to study and look and grow. So what's my spiritual number? If we were to take that that spiritual chimerism test tonight, what would my number look like? What would my spiritual number be? What kind of condition is the soil of my heart. Maybe it is you're here tonight and you've not given your life to Jesus as we witnessed this morning. That's why we do what we do. That's why we preach the Gospel. That's why we encourage people to study the Word so that those that are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ might hear that Word and might give their life to Jesus in faith and obedience. And make that great confession and show, I'm not just saying this, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus and be buried with him in baptism. The water stands ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to allow the soul of God, the soil, the seed of God's word, to penetrate the soil of your heart, like it did in the book of Acts. Prick those people's hearts. What must we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins. You can do that tonight. Maybe it is. You just need the prayers of the church. Maybe you need forgiveness of God. Whatever your need is tonight, we pray that you will let us assist you any way we can. As together we stand and sing.